All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Excited because we've got Austin Lefevre joining us today. Austin started his career as an intelligence analyst and operative in the Air Force. He is triple certified as a personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach and nutritionist. After his 10-year military career, he landed with a top-tier promotional products company as a senior account manager and was recently offered a partnership for having top five million million in total sales for the company, which is crazy. Just over three years ago, he started investing in Airbnb and has grown a portfolio nearing 10 million in value and has since started his own mentorship program called Warrior ethos life that helps men and women become warriors at life, training their hearts, their minds, and their bodies and growing their business slash investment empires. Beyond all of this, though, what he's most proud of is that he's a father of three daughters and a son, a husband to his queen, Kelsey, and has worked with the youth of his church. He has two mantras. What if it works and never surrender the journey? I cannot wait to bring him on. Let's go ahead and cue that intro. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. All right, Austin, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. Super excited to have you on today. So I want to start with the question that I start all my podcasts with, which is essentially what this podcast was founded on, which is, do you think that there is a difference between being a solopreneur and a business owner? And if so, what is that difference? So solopreneur and a business owner. Right. I think for me, you know, it can get very lonely very quickly when you're a solopreneur and I've done it. I've done it a couple of times and you start to realize very quickly, um, even if you're climbing the ranks of business, it, it is, it's lonely and it, it's not going to give you, you know, the peace or the happiness or, you know, the, the good feels that you want. And, you know, I, I call it the mirage of making it. We talked a little bit about that before we hopped on that, you know, sometimes we believe that, you know, once we get to this level, that that green grass or that yeah. oasis in the desert, it's like, oh, we've made it, man. We can just <laughs> soak up, drink some lemonade, sit by the pool. But then you look at you look both ways and you're like, wait a second, it's empty. There's nobody else here. Like this is a mirage. It's not even real, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you're an actual business owner, not only are you, you know, elevating yourself, but you're bringing a team with you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've had, I've been lucky to have incredible mentors in my life who have done that for me. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, they kind of set the tone to help me realize that it's, it's more about people. It's about relationships because in the yeah. end, that's all you're going to take with you. Right. Right. So can you tell me a little bit about your business journey and all of the different adventures that you've been on while being an entrepreneur? <laughs> uh, like I said, I've had, tons and tons of experience. Uh, the first real experience I had uh, with entrepreneurship was uh, I was a senior in high school and um, somebody actually had sued the school district for their child being overweight. And they blamed it on candy machines, soda machines, and fried okay. food in the cafeteria. Yeah, crazy. 
<laughs> the school lost the lawsuit and they were forced to get rid of all fried food, candy, soda, everything that was in the vending machines. They had to replace it with like healthier options. Oh, and uh, so me being the entrepreneur minded guy that I was, I was like, hey, there's a dollar store just across the street. I can get this is years ago. OK, but you used to be able to get three candy bars for a dollar. And so I took 20, 25 bucks. I went over there, bought a bunch of candy bars, filled my backpack, came to school the next day, and I was selling them for a dollar a piece, right? I was, you know, making a- You became the vending machine. I became the- <laughs> back, like I'd walk through the halls and people would like yell out Candyman and, uh, and I'd be selling, you know, just slinging candy bars, you know? And within a couple of weeks, I had two guys working for me. Um, I was clearing, you know, a couple hundred dollars profit a week. And, uh, and then I got caught selling candy bars at lunch one day by the principal. And they actually suspended me for two days uh, because they said I made private enterprise on school grounds without a license. <laughs> and, so, um, and my mom, oh my you know, the, the cool mom that she was, she basically was like, this is ridiculous. It's not like my son was selling drugs. He was literally yeah. selling Reese's candy bars, you know. And so she basically just took me out for two days and we had, you know, mother son time for two days. It was it was super awesome. And uh, she was always super su supportive of my business ventures. Yeah. But that was the first time I had a taste of realizing, oh, my gosh, like I can really make money. You know, yeah. I, this is a real thing. Um, so, you know, fast forward a couple of years. Um, I actually, I did like a church service mission for a couple yeah. of years. And then I came home and I came home in uh, the great 2008 <laughs> and uh, I got married uh, to my sweetheart. And then um, we, we started college. She was actually the breadwinner at first. She was a cosmetologist and then the economy completely crashed. Um, right. My wife basically was handed a notice and said, Hey, we're closing our doors tomorrow. And that wow. was the main source of income. And I remember just panicking, like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, it's me and my wife. What are we going to do? And she was applying everywhere she could. Yeah. She couldn't even get a job at Walmart. Right. Like, that's how wow. bad it was. Like, no one was hiring. And I remember I, I called a cousin of mine who lived in that town. I said, hey, do you have any pull anywhere to get me a job? He's like, I do at a car wash. You can <laughs> you can drive cars. I was like, yeah, I'll take it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting a job there and then I was part-time sales rep at, uh, at buckle, the buckle at the mall. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, that was just, I was working two jobs. Um, and then I finally got my wife hired at the same car wash. Nice. They wouldn't let us work the same shifts because they said that a couple had already gotten divorced because they worked together. <laughs> Oh, well, that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> I know, I know, but it was, a, it was a tough time. Like we, yeah, wow. we learned a ton, but at the same time, I just realized this is not what I signed up for. Right. Um, well, then my wife got pregnant and we were like, crap, we need insurance. And yeah. so um, I went and talked to a recruiter and ended up signing up for the Air Force. And that's when I got recruited for intelligence. Yeah. Uh, but my heart has always been on business. It's just yeah. always been on that. And so once we got through the hard times, yeah. um, that's when I decided, hey, I want to go a different route. Uh, ended up here in Utah. Like I said, ended up with brand makers and I it's a 1099. So, you know, yeah. I have my own 
yes, I work for them, but I'm also kind of my own contractor. So I, right. you know, I have some more freedom there. Um, but yeah, I, I just learned so much because the owner here is like a fantastic businessman and he cares yeah. so much about people. And I remember even my first month I had to leave cause I was still technically under contract with the air force when I started here. Yeah. And I had to go out to DC to do some consulting with you know, like CIA, NSA and stuff. And um, while I was gone, not only did he have his personal assistant handle my accounts, um, he, he gave me a hundred percent of any sales that came through. Uh, wow. he, called, he called my wife and asked if they needed help, like mowing lawns or if there's anything he could do to help support. I mean, yeah. just like, I get it. I get a little emotional even thinking about it because it was yeah. the first time I had had someone care more about people than they did right. the profits or the business, you know? Right. And so, um, yeah, that journey has just kind of continued to expand. Yeah. And uh, as I started making in good sales and good money here, I started investing in Airbnb. And yeah. like I said, we our portfolio is somewhere between five and 10 million, um, yeah. depending on who you have evaluated, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so I, yeah, we did that. And then I started this program called the Warrior Ethos Life. You can see my yeah. shirt here, but yeah. Um, this is where I train entrepreneurs to basically become warriors at life. Um, yeah. You know, I do heart, mind, body, and business. And, and I kind of just walk you through the different aspects of your life because if you're not right in your heart and your mind, the other stuff, it's going to fall apart or yeah. you're going to be a solopreneur the rest of your life. You're going to lose right. family. You're going to lose your friends um, and, and you're going to lose yourself in the whole process. And maybe you just didn't even know yourself to begin with, you know? Right. But that's kind of, that's kind of the quick five minute <laughs> brief of my business life. So I don't know if that's what you were looking for. That's amazing. No, it's great to get some context as far as where you came from and what your, your experience has been, because I think we all have different experiences as to where we've gotten in life. Um, yeah. And so I would love to dive deeper into what you were talking about with the mirage of making it. I think that this is um, like we were talking about before. A lot of people deep down know that it's not like material things. The whole idea is not what is going to fulfill you, but there's still that desire of like, okay, but if I just had more money, but if I just had this, if I just had this, there's still that like, I want that. So how do you align and work through your mind and your heart to break free from that illusion and create a life that's actually fulfilling. Yeah. So this is so important. And, and I really, really cannot stress enough that this is where you should start your entrepreneurial career, your business owner career, is really finding out who you are. Because if you don't know, honestly, it, it means nothing how much money you make. It, it really doesn't. And, and we do know that to our core. Um, and and. I can't remember who said it. They're like, you know what? Yeah. Money's not the most important thing, but it's right up there with oxygen, <laughs> you know, because you do need it to live. Like right. you need to be able to provide for yourself, to provide for your family. Um, yeah. And, and if you want to have an impact on this world, at least the way it stands now, it takes money. It, it yeah. does. I mean, there are some people who can do it without it, but it's very rare. Um, so I actually believe it's a super noble thing to become wealthy. Um, but I think it's best if you discover in yourself where you're at. So um, 
what I train my warriors on is I tell them, look, let's start with the heart because the heart is going to be the driving force. It's going to be the powerhouse for everything you do, like everything you think. Um, and so there's basically four main enemies of the heart, guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy, hmm. guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy. And I, I basically break down each of these to help you understand who those enemies are and then how to defeat them. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest ones that I right now it is just running rampant is jealousy. Uh, jealousy. I mean, if you go on social media, right, everybody's got this surface level idea of what everyone else's life looks like, but they really have no context. Like they have no idea what anybody's going through and, and yet it creates, it breeds, you know, jealousy left and right. We're always comparing, you know, Oh, I'm not as fit as him, or I'm not as rich as him, or I'm not as pretty as she is, or, you know, whatever. And, and it's so, gosh, it's so unhealthy and it it just poisons you from the inside. So this, this, I try to tell people is the most dangerous enemy of the heart. So the question is, it's like, well, what creates that enemy? Yeah. Anytime there's an enemy in your heart, it it comes with what I call a debt relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, So when you look at any of the guilt, anger, greed, or jealousy, they're all going to create some sort of debt. And that means that somebody believes that they're owed something, right? Mm. So let's, let's look at guilt. If, if you were to ask the question, um, if I feel guilty about something, what is the debt relationship in that? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Let's say, do you have siblings? I do. I have five other siblings. Five siblings. Okay. (laughs) Great example. Lots of siblings I'm sure <laughs> had a few run-ins with your siblings where you've done something to hurt them. Like whether it was a, something you said, you know, physical, whatever, right? No, never, never. never. <laughs> well, yes. yes. Tomorrow. <laughs> right. Um, now when we hurt somebody, what, what is the saying? It says, Oh, you know what, Alana, you owe her an apology. Yes. Right. Yep. I heard that from life. my mom. Because you're in debt you took something from them, whether it was their health because you physically hurt them, whether it was something you said, you took away their confidence, you took away Mm -hmm. their feelings of peace, you took something you took from them, right? And so you have this debt relationship that you need to settle, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's how all the enemies are in the heart. And, And with jealousy, this is the most sinister because it's basically saying that God or the universe owes you. You're looking at someone else you're like, why did they get that? And I didn't, I'm mm-hmm. owed that. I'm owed that. They don't, they're not owed that. I should have that. Yeah. So how do you, how do you overcome that enemy? What's, what do you think is the best way you have any ideas about how, how you would overcome that feeling? Mm. Well, I'm, I personally have the belief that like you, you get, you control your feelings. And so what yes. you feel that comes from you. And so that would be something that I would probably spend time journaling on, spend time working through talking about and setting up routines to handle the emotion when it comes up again. It's almost like, Love okay, it. can I create separation from myself and the emotion? Cause I'm not the emotion. What the key where you said is I'd set up routines because you already know something's going to come. So you start training, you start training like, okay, I absolutely hate the phrase, fake it till you make it. Oh yeah. It's so stupid. It's like, no, I'm not faking it. I'm training myself. And guess what? Training takes practice and I'm going to suck at it most of the time. 
right? right. I used to box and my, my boxing coach used to be like, look, man, you got to throw a really crappy punch before you throw an okay punch. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you throw an okay one before you throw a good one. And you got to throw lots of good ones to throw a knockout. Yeah. Right. He's like, it just takes repetition. And so the thing I tell people, if you're starting to feel jealous, the best thing you can do to battle that enemy, start practicing celebrating others, celebrate mm -hmm. them to no end. Like anytime someone has a success, celebrate the hell out of that success. Like, right. Don't even think about it. Like, even if your heart's not in it yet, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You got to start somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is, this is kind of the, the type of training I help people go through because they don't realize that what's really plaguing them has nothing to do with fact sheets, uh, skill set. Like it's not, it's not, you know, secrets or, or, or models or systems that they use in their business. It actually is inside of them, you know? Yeah. So that, that's kind of my take on this is, this is how you establish yourself um, to where, you then no longer have to chase business. It starts coming to you and it's the right kind because of who you are, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I loved all of that. That's very clear. So how does somebody really get started on this process when they have so much going on in their lives? You know, the biggest thing I hear from people is that I'm just too busy for this. I'm too busy for that. I don't have time for that, right? Like I've got this and this and this and this. And so how do they how does this start to become a part of their lifestyle where this is just something that they do instead of it being, Oh, that's just on my to-do list that I'll get to in a million years type thing. <laughs> right. Right. And look, I got four kids. <laughs> I actually, so run, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I run three businesses simultaneously. Wow. Um, I mean, and, you know, and yeah, I, I also serve in my church. I, I mean, if you want to talk about busy, I can, I can go head to head with you, you know? Right. Um, but the truth is you need to learn to say no more than you say yes. Mm. You need to learn to say like, Hey, I cannot do everything, but I can do this right here. Mm -hmm. You know, if you improve by 1% a day, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. if, no, you improve, if, if you improve by 1% a day, um, you'll end up 37 times greater by the end of the year. And that's one that's one percent a day. And I think that if if people just understand that, you know, you don't have to make these huge changes, like huge changes are kind of the worst. <laughs> it, it's the increments. It's the inches. You know, it's the tiniest things. Uh, what is the, the book? Atomic Habits. Absolutely love Ooh, that. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when I first read the title, I thought of atomic bomb, you know, being this mm. huge. So I was like, oh, these are these huge habits that change your life. But he actually talks about, no, it's the super small ones, like almost invisible to the naked eye. Uh, those are the ones that just done consistently over time uh, that make the real clear difference, you know. And so yeah. I think people who say they don't have time, it's really not time is not something we have. It's something we manage, right? It's yeah. something we prioritize and you are free to do what you want. Like you are choosing, you need to watch Netflix for two hours every night. You're choosing that. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. It's just a belief that you need that, right? Like you yeah. have a belief. This is actually something interesting too. I was in church yesterday and thinking about the word wrong. Like, yeah. I was like, what does that even mean? I Googled it. I was like, what is the word? Like, what's the definition of the word wrong? Yeah. And you know what it said? 
something that is untrue. Hmm. I always thought it was like just something that's incorrect, bad, negative. Like it's yeah. wrong, right? It's bad. Yeah. yeah. You say it's just untrue. Well, then that's just a mismanagement of belief, right? That's just a right. misunderstanding. And it's not bad. It's just a misunderstanding. So, yeah. so I started thinking to myself, I was like, dude, I, I wasn't wrong. My belief was just untrue. I, mm-hmm. I, now I know that it was untrue and I can change it. You know, yeah. I have a recognition of that. So that's where most people, that's where they foul up is they don't take personal responsibility for their own, you know, management of their beliefs, like what, what's true yeah. and untrue. So to say, I don't have time. Well, that's a belief you've created. Is that actually true? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's mm-hmm. between you and your time, right? That's between you and yourself. So you got to learn to kind of introspectively look at it and, and take a step back and say, okay, in context, I could take these things out and I'd free up 45 extra minutes a day. Yeah. What in, that, in those 45 minutes, what new belief can I make true so that I do have some extra time, you know? Right. Yeah. That reframe is very powerful. So with those atomic habits, like what would you say are those top three to five that you would recommend implementing now to start to make those drastic changes in your life? Or what have some that you've implemented that you've seen really have changed your life? Well, I'll tell you the only common thing that every single person in this world is going to share. And this sounds super morbid is death. We're all going to die. Yeah. That's it. Like, our, diff- our lives are so unique, but every single person is going to give up that breath, that last breath, right? right? So I actually try to get people to face that idea and say, okay, if I were to die today, yeah. what, what would be said of me? Like, what, what, do I, what do I feel people would say about me right now? Yeah. And I write it down. It's like, oh, he works super hard. He works, he makes money. He goes to the gym. He does this. He's a a good father. He's this. Mm -hmm. And then you look at that and then you say, okay, you know what? Well, let's say, let's say that I do have a lot of time that I'm not going to die today or tomorrow. Let's say I'm going to die when I'm 80, 90, hundred years old. What do I want this to say? Yeah. What do I want this to say about me? And you'll start writing like, oh, you know what? I wanted to say that I was always willing to serve other people. I wanted to say that. Mm I took time with each of my kids, with my wife. And you start to write these things from a whole different viewpoint. And then you look at the comparison of the two and you start to realize, man, I really should be saying no to some of these things. Because they don't serve my ethos. They don't serve who I want to be. Yeah, You really got to get some perspective on your own life and understand that if you don't know what, what your life is supposed to consist of according to you and your heart, how is anybody else going to solve it for you? How is a business going to solve it for you? How is a coach going to solve it for you? They're mm-hmm. not. So that's kind of where I think you need to start. As far as habits go, um, I, I, I try to always leave time for prayer and meditation. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, regardless of what your beliefs are, I don't I don't really care. I don't care if you pray to God, to a tree. I, I really don't care if you have a belief in something, go in on it. Right. Yeah. Look, the, the fact is, whether my my belief is true or not, I don't know, but yeah. I believe it. And so I'm going to keep pursuing it until I find out otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. Untrue. Right. Um, and even if I do find that out, 
I'm still better off, <laughs> right? I'm still better off than I would have been not trying. Yeah. So, so leave time for prayer and meditation. Um, yeah. You've done a big one. Um, take notes on yourself. Journaling, yeah. you could call it journaling. Some people, I think that's intimidating because they think they have to write a novel. <laughs> right. Sit down and write a whole book. <laughs> oh, I mean, for me, like I, I actually have a, a panda planner. And yeah. I love it because it just says, hey, today's wins. Name three wins that you had today. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> mine just from yesterday, I was like, I went to church. That was a win. Um, I, I helped with dinner, like helped my yeah. wife cook dinner. And I did my planning for the week. Yeah. Super simple, you know. Um, the week before, you know what? I, uh, I didn't lose my temper. <laughs> That's a win. Like, take notes. Yeah. Celebrate that, you know. Um, I, I think that, again, getting some introspection through prayer and meditation and then taking some notes on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, good, bad, or ugly. It doesn't matter. At least you're doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, the last one, uh, get outside and move, you mm-hmm. know least for a little bit every day. I, I think that's a real problem with our, uh, our health right now is we just spend so much time indoors and, yeah. uh, and it really takes away from the natural process of the body. And, yeah. and so even if it's just like a 15 minute stroll, yeah, I'm telling you, it will improve your mood. It'll improve like just the way your body functions, all those things. Right. Um, and those are very basic ideas, very basic, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm, okay. Those are great. So my last question to you before we finish up today is how does somebody figure out what they want? <laughs> well, like I said, it kind of goes back to, in my opinion, facing death. So when I decided that I was going to sell a million with the promo company, um, I worked so hard, but I also neglected my wife, my kids, my, my spirituality. Like I neglected so many things chasing that rabbit, you know? Yeah. And, and when I finally got it and I didn't just get it, I smashed it. Right. I didn't just sell a million. I sold 1.3 million. I killed it by 30%. And then three weeks later, I was sitting in this very office with a gun in my hand, ready to be done. Yeah. Like that's crazy. I had such a blessed, I still have a blessed life, but I'm saying even then my life was so good. And yet I was more depressed because in my heart, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. Like truthfully, yeah. and that comes when you face death, right? The main thing people fear is the unknown. Mm-hmm. Well, the main thing that we know the least about is death. What happens yeah. after, right? right? So if you put that into perspective and you face it and you're like, okay, well, I can't do anything about that. Like I, I, I can't just cross over. That's outside my power. Yeah. What I can do is imagine what I want to leave behind, the legacy I want to leave behind when I come to that crossroad. Right. Yeah. When they come to that point. So, yeah, I, I tell people it may sound morbid, but write your own obituary if you were mm-hmm. to die today and then write it how you would want it to be if you mm-hmm. died 30, 40, 50 years later. Mm-hmm. And typically you'll see two very contrasting obituaries and it gives you an idea of where you want to be. It really yeah. opens up like, oh, my gosh, when that final note sounds, this is what I want to have done. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's thing, the thing we should fear more is not the death, but the fact that we waited so long to live, you know, yeah. right. too often that's what we're doing. We're just, we're surviving or we're just kind of existing, but we're not actually living. So, yeah. Ooh. 
Powerful. I gave me chills. I love that. Man, it's been so amazing. So where can people, if they if they want help with this and they mm-hmm. want to look more into your Warrior Ethos Life program, where can they connect with you um, and anything uh, that they can do to, to stay in contact with you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can look up Warrior Ethos Life. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It, it's all at Warrior Ethos Life. And then, you know, my name is Austin Lefevre. If you want to just contact me directly. Um, yeah, we have a website, warriorethoslife.com. Uh, you can also go on there. We do free consultation calls to see kind of where you're at and where you could go for here, from here. Um, my program, if, if you want to be, if you want just the program, it's 15K. And that mm-hmm. teaches you heart, mind, and body of a warrior, as well as how to build your empire, like your real estate investment empire. And these secrets, I mean, I'm teaching people literally how to retire within five years. And, um, and you can keep your job that you have. I actually encourage that. Um, but if you want to get personally mentored by me, and, and I mean, like, I will fly to where you are to help you negotiate deals and work with you one-on-one on my dime. Um, we, we obviously charge more for that program. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think anybody who really wants to just flip the switch on their life just give me a call. I mean, our free consultation, I'll at least walk you through a small portion and that's completely free. And then, you know, if you're ready to move into the next step, you know, let us know, but if not, I will, I will help you any way I possibly can. So. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. Is there anything else that you want to add before we finish up for today? Just never surrender the journey. I love it. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time. This has been amazing. Uh, Let's go ahead and cue that outro clip. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.